Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. As I say, it's truly an honor for me to come and minister the Word of God today, and I believe that uh, this Word will impact your life. Uh, I'm really carrying on where Apostle Nikki took us last week and, you know, around what he spoke about healing that took place in the house, especially last Sunday morning. Who was in the house on Sunday morning and in the evening? Amen. There was supernatural healing and deliverance in the house. And so when Dad asked me to minister the Word of God this morning, I uh, I uh, do not take this moment lightly, but he said, son, I want you to carry on on that theme because when I come back, I'm going to carry on ministering on that and really inner healing in our lives, healing from inner vows and bitter judgments and death wishes and offenses and hurts and pains that we go through during the course of being alive on planet earth. I don't believe there's any person in this room this morning can say that I have not been hurt. I'm sure we all could raise our hands today to say, I've come through hurt, or I'm going through hurt, or I've just come through hurt, but at some time in your life, you've had to deal with this thing called hurt. You've had to deal with this thing called pain. Nothing in our physical bodies is as painful as something that happens in our soulish, in our, in our spirit dimension. And God is able, and God is prepared, and God is willing to heal you today, that you will not leave those doors the same way you came in, in Jesus' mighty name. That I speak this word over you as healing. The Lord says, I send forth my word, and it healeth them. It healeth you today, in Jesus' mighty name. Take out notes, and get ready to receive what God has for you today, in Jesus' name. I would like to start off with a story which really impacted my life and uh, it was a story about a young girl, the age of 13, uh, in the United States of America from Coppell in Texas. She had a skiing accident um, down some slope, some mountain, and unfortunately she, she hit a tree, and they rushed to the hospital, and only to be pronounced brain dead um, in, that, in that hospital. And so the parents were really shaken by this whole ordeal, and they were approached. Um, they were approached to, if they would like to donate uh, her daughter's organs to people who would be in need of, of organs, including her heart and, and other parts. And they agreed, and I've got the picture up here, if you can put it back on. Tara Storch, who is Taylor Storch's mother, it's the lady with the sitting down with the dark hair. That was, that was the mother, Tara Storch, who lost her 13-year-old daughter. The lady who's standing, who has the stethoscope on her chest around the heart area, is the lady who received Taylor Storch's heart. 13-year-old daughter who died. And for the first time, there she is, how beautiful she is. That was Taylor on the left-hand side. For the first time, after six months of her coming through her recovery from this heart surgery, her mother was able to hear the heartbeat of her daughter once again. I thought, Lord, this is a moving story, but it really applies to us today. Because when God places His heart, when He takes a stethoscope and places it on us, does he hear the heartbeat 
of his son, Jesus. Beating within our chest. His life flowing through our veins. His passion, his zeal for the house has consumed me. Does it beat in our chest? Can he hear it loud? Can he hear it clear? Can he say, you know what? I have the heartbeat of Jesus with inside of me. You have that passion. You have that life. The Word of God says, he who has the Son has life. But he who does not have the Son does not have the life of God with inside of him. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. Amen. We're excited about the Word. Amen. It says, I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from, your, from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. A lot of times, because we go through the difficulties of life, our, heart, our hearts become hardened. Our hearts go through so much pain that the only way that we need to protect it is to close off those, that hurt to close off by building walls. And I'd say today in Jesus' name, that those walls that you've erected is coming down in Jesus' name so that the healing power of God can come into your life. You see, in the old covenants, the people were afraid to break the law. But in the new covenant, it's different. I'm afraid to break his heart. I want to serve him with all that I have. I shall love the Lord my God, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with everything that is inside of me, I shall love the Lord my God. I shall worship the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, everything that is inside of me, I shall worship Him. Is that your prayer? Is that your cry today? Is that you will worship Him with everything that you have? You see, when we give our hearts to some other things, all of a sudden I cannot give Him 100%. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things come and steal the Word. Let it be fruitful in our lives. And today He says, I want all of you. I want your whole heart. May that be our prayer today. Is Lord, I give you my whole heart. I give you everything. I know that we've given our hearts to the Lord. We're born again, some of us for one year, two years, 10 years, 20 years. But sometimes he just needs to know that he has our whole hearts. Amen. Just like in a human heart, it can come under attack. People have heart attacks. People in hospital, even right now, fighting for their lives because of a heart attack. You need to understand that the enemy comes to attack our hearts. Why does he come? You need to understand that when a problem comes in your life that makes no sense on a physical level, you need to understand that something spiritual is going on. Know today that something spiritual is going on. Spiritual issues will not be solved by normal means. They will not be solved by logic. They will not be solved by reason. And they must be dealt with on a spiritual level. If a spiritual problem is discerned, you need to say, I'm going to handle this in a spiritual matter. Sometimes you need to understand is that you need to step back and step out and take a look and say, I'm going to take some action in the spirits. You know, I'm going to pray through this situation where you need to forgive. You need to forgive those that have hurt you. Where you need to love. You need to love like you never loved before. You need to love like you've never been hurt. Where your faith seems shipwrecked. You need to say, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to take my stand. 
I'm going to have extraordinary faith. I'm going to have supernatural faith in this time, in this time. We need to know today. And I'm saying today, you need to know where your help comes from. Your help comes from the Lord. Your help comes from the Lord. When you're going through the fire, you need to know that He is with you. When you're going through the storms, when you're going through the waves, you need to know that He is with you, that He is holding back the waves so that you can pass through on dry ground. We serve an awesome God. We serve a great God. He is worthy to be praised today. Sometimes your greatest victory is through praise on your lips. To say, Lord, I don't know what I'm going through. I don't know why I'm going through. It does not make any sense. Yet I will praise my Lord. Yet I will praise His name. Is there any people in the house today to say, you know what, I'm going through some difficult things, but yet I will praise my God. Yet I will have a voice upon my lips to say, Lord, I praise you. I exalt you. You know what, the enemy gets confused. <laughs> when you're going through a difficult time and you can stand up and say, you know what? I will muster every energy that I have and I'm going to stand up. I'm going to get up. I'm going to praise my God. It does not make sense in that time. Faith seems weak. But you know what? The enemy says, what? I thought that got them. This does not make any sense to me. They're going through the hardest trial, the hardest situation, but yet they stand up and they say, I want to praise my God. Are there any, any people in the house today to say, you know what, Pastor, you, I'm going through something. But in Him, you have the victory. You need to know that today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Our faith and our prayers will help you get through the different things that you need to go through in your life. You need to understand that a faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. Why do I have to go through these tests? Only when you get through one test, then you have to encounter another test. The thing about tests that I've learned in my life is that if I fail a test, I will rewrite that test. It's not Bible college. This is the test of life. Is that when I fail a test, I will pass the test and I will move on in my journey, in my road. But somewhere along the line, I'm going to pass another test. I'm going to come across another test. Yet you're going to pass that as well. And we keep running. We keep moving. Don't be stuck at the test of yesteryear where you say, I'm stuck at this mountain for 40 years. Come on, today there's power in the house. There's healing in the house. You can get past. You can get past that test. You will pass with flying colors. Amen. No amount of thought or planning, natural planning or worry will solve a spiritual issue or a spiritual attack. We sometimes replay the bad memories that we had over and over again. We talk about them repeatedly to anyone who will be willing to listen. We look for ways to, to extract revenge from that situation. We play the situation. It's like those old tapes. You remember the old cassettes? You remember we used to put them in your car? And you, okay, maybe the younger people won't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, it was a cassette that you used to put in your car and then you used to use a pen and you used to turn it. If, you, if it came out, it used to get stuck in the mechanism and then you used to have this tape and you used to get your, your big pen and you used to chuk, 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 and then you put it back, sort it 100%. But what you used to do, if you liked a favorite song, 
You would have to fast forward or you would have to rewind to the place where the song was. There wasn't going to track one, track 27. It was, you had to find it. Just hold on, I need to find the track. I need to find the place. I need to find my place. I'm saying to you today, maybe you've lost your place. Maybe you need to say, I need to get back to the place. Where's the place that you stop believing? Where's the place that you stop trusting in God? We need to go back to that place and to say today, I'm going to trust my God once again. And I'm going to move on. A lot of times, like we'll have a sore or like we fell off our bicycle and we have a scrape on our leg. A lot of times, I remember as a child, I used to go back and I used to go back to that place. I know it sounds disgusting, but we've all done it. <laughs> you look at me and say, I've never done that, Pastor. You have, where that saw was in, you say, hey, ain't okay. And you used to sometimes pull the scab off because it was ugly. But what did you do? You just recreated a wound. You just reopened the wound. It was well and was trying to heal itself. All the bl white blood vessels uh, cells were running to that place to cause a healing. But what happens? We scratch it open. And sometimes when a word like this comes, it's come for the intention to bring healing. Sometimes when people touch a certain area, they may know, not know that you're painful in that area, but when they touch in it, all of a sudden it brings a tear to your eye because you go back to the place of the hurt and of the pain from yesteryear. I remember when you used to come back from holiday and you used to be on the beach and you didn't used to wear sunscreen and you used to have a suntan and you used to come, or sunburn more likely. You used to come into church with your jacket and you used to walk like this. And unbeknowing to you, someone comes from behind. And it says, Andrew, I haven't seen you for such a long time. At that point, you jump up into the heavens. Resurrection power comes upon you. Why? Because they touched on a painful area. They may not have known it. They may not have seen the burn. But you've come through pain. Other people do not know it. But sometimes there's a thing in your life, you need to know this, and I'm going to speak to you. There's a thing that will betray pain in your heart. It's your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak openly. You need to know that your mouth comes to sometimes portray what is in your heart, but it sometimes comes to betray what's in your heart. You can hear it when someone is going through pain. If you listen carefully to the words that they speak with their mouth, you can see the pain that they're going through just by listening. Amen. What are the enemies to our hearts? The enemies to our hearts, I want to give you four, and you can write these down. The first one is guilt. Say guilt. What is guilt? Guilt says the following, I owe you. I owe you. Guilt is the result of having done something we perceived as wrong. So therefore, we walk around with a wounded heart. We walk around with a heart of guilt. We walk around continually. And the Word of God says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. Who is, who is in Christ Jesus here today? If you're born again, raise your hand. Word of God says no condemnation, no guilt. Oftentimes we walk around with guilt as parents where we felt that we could do more. We felt that maybe we did not spend enough time in our child's 
upbringing or our child's education. And only when they leave home do we realize that we miss 18 years or 20 years of their life. And we then pick up a heart of guilt or something that we never did. Something that we now perceive as being wrong. I believe that God is here to heal you of every guilt that you may have in your life. That is why you come to the house of God today, to be healed in Jesus' name. The second one is anger. What does anger say? You owe me. We get angry when we don't get what we want. We get angry when we don't get our way. Children learn this very early on in their life because they want to test some boundaries. Just yesterday in the supermarket when I went, I realized that this was one of the points that I really needed to mention in my word today because there was one child in the whole of the pick and pay that did not get his way. And then the whole of the pick and pay had to know that he did not get his way. He was cleaning the floor with his back. He was lying on the floor and he was kicking his arms and legs up in the air, screaming from the top of his voice, I want it, I want it, I need it, I want it. And the parent was ignoring him. But sometimes we go through life with this anger upon us where you owe me. Show me an angry person and I'll show you a hurt person. At the root of an angry person is is something has been taken. Somebody owes them something. Maybe you owe them apology, but even once you've given them the apology, they'll find something else to be angry about. Something has been taken. They walk around sometimes with a victim mentality where they have no desire to change, but all they want is the person who hurt them must pay for what they did. They enter into a debtor and a debt relationship with that person. You owe me. You owe me. And I'm saying here today, because there's healing in the house, you might be in a place where you find that, why do I have this anger upon me? Maybe there's some past hurt. Maybe there's some past pain that you need to be healed of today. How much longer are you going to walk around? Am I going to walk around allowing that hurt to control my life? Sometimes those people who hurt you might not even be alive anymore. They may not even be in your circle of friends, but sometimes we are still controlled by that thing that happened 10, 20, 30 years ago. The Lord is saying today that you need to be healed. You need to be set free so that you can move on with your life. How many, ones, how many people here just say, I want to move on? I don't want to be stuck in that thing. I don't want to be stuck in that pain. Oftentimes, oftentimes we will ask questions. What did I do to deserve that? You might have been on the receiving end of someone who's angry with someone else. And then you get the response, what did I do to deserve that response? You need to realize there's something deeper going on. Maybe they didn't get their way concerning a situation. Maybe they did not get what they wanted in the situation. And what happens? A spirit of anger rises within inside of them. The third one is greed. Greed. Greed says the following, I owe me. I owe me. A greedy person has this philosophy on life. It says stuff equals life. Stuff is equal to life. The stuff that they have is an extension of who they are. They find sometimes greater value 
on a possession than on a person. Fear is the driving force behind greed. And the enemy of greed is overcome by generous giving in our lives. The fourth one is jealousy. I want to bring some real examples with jealousy. What does jealousy say? God owes me. But pastor, no, I'm jealous of that person um, because they got a, a nice car, they got a nice house, da, 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 da. And you're thinking it's between people. But you need to know today that jealousy is between you and God. Because you feel that you have a right to what that person has. So you carry around, I carry around a spirit that says God owes me. God is, is, is coming through for me, but maybe he's working a bit slow. How does jealousy affect us? Let me give you an example. Lord, I'm so happy for that person's testimony that they, they, they got their breakthrough, that they got their miracle. But when is it my turn? Lord, you see in my heart, I've been giving. Lord, I've been serving faithfully for 10 years. But I yet don't have that miracle that they have. Why are they special and I'm not special? Lord, when are you going to bless me? Spirit of jealousy. It's not between you and that person. It's between you and God. Amen. You know what? When, when you can say that you've, you've overcome, when I can say when I've overcome a spirit of jealousy in my life, what is the telltale sign is that you can rejoice in the successes of that person with a clean heart with a pure, pure heart to say, you know what? I am so excited. I'm so excited that you got your breakthrough. I give God the praise on your behalf. I give God for your breakthrough, for your job, for your car, for your house. I'm so excited. We serve a faithful God. Amen. I want us to act and, and really act on the word today. Can you praise God for the testimony and for the miracle, for the breakthrough for the person sitting on your left and right, like you've received that breakthrough and that miracle. Can you praise God for the breakthrough in their lives? Come on, praise God for the breakthrough in the person's life next to you. Say, come on, I'm praising God for the breakthrough in your life. Find a person. Find a person and say, come on, I'm praising God for your testimony. I'm praising God. Come on, I want every person to do this. From the front to the back. Every person. Find someone and say, I'm praising God. For the breakthrough in your life. Every person. We rejoice like we've just received our own breakthrough. Why do we need to guard our hearts? Why do we need to guard our hearts? We must be diligent, the Bible says, to guard our hearts. For out of it springs the issues of life. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. The NRV version says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Everything that you do in life flows from your heart. Every arena of your life intersects with what's going on in our hearts. If your heart is in pain, everything that you do will be controlled by the pain. If my heart is healed, everything I do will flow through a healed heart. Today, I cannot come on this platform with a painful heart. If I carry offense against anybody, if I carry unforgiveness, there's no place for me to be ministering here today. 
You need to know before I come on the stage, before I even prepare a word, even there, you need to understand that we have nothing against nobody. Our hearts are clean. Our hearts are pure. I give God the praise for this opportunity that I have today. But you know what it does? It forces me to make an inside check of my heart to say, am I right with every person? Am I right with God? Because I'm not going to get on this pulpit with an unclean heart. Only those who have clean hands and a pure heart will ascend His holy hill. Amen. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 to 17, it says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you? Why do we, why do we guard our hearts? You need to understand that God's Spirit lives on the inside of you. That is reason enough to guard your heart. The Word of God says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I may not sin against thee. So the Word of God is within inside our hearts. You need to understand that your hearts are vital. How do we guard our hearts? On the good sense, I want to say, how do we guard our hearts? On the negative sense is, how do we guard against our hearts? As I said earlier, your mouth will betray what's going on on the inside of you. How do we monitor what's going on in the secret place that has the potential to go public at any moment? It will go public through the word that I speak through my mouth. Are you all with me? Have you ever heard this said? I just want to speak my heart. You know that a whole story is coming after that. I just want to speak my heart on this matter. You need to know that you're going to get their hearts. Why is it so important about salvation? People gave their hearts to the Lord today. Salvation brings both our heart and our mouth in alignment. The Word of God says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10, it says, And if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The first reason you need to guard your heart, other than the ones I've already given you, is because your heart is extremely valuable. Your heart is extremely valuable. Sometimes we place, and, and, and we place greater emphasis on the natural, but you need to understand that we're placing more emphasis on guarding our hearts. We need to guard our hearts with everything that we have. The enemy is after and trying to attack our hearts constantly, constantly. Your heart is who you are. Your heart is who you are. It represents your dreams. It represents your desires, your passions. It's the part of you that connects with God. It's who you are. You need to understand that it, once a week I take my garbage out onto the road. I can tell you that while that garbage is out on the road, I do not worry about it. I do not phone home to make sure that it's still on the road, that nobody has taken it. The reason is we don't guard worthless things, but we guard valuable things. Come on, say that my heart is valuable. Mm, amen. Second point, because your heart is the source of everything that you do. Everything that you do flows from your heart. If your heart is un unhealthy, 
it will impact everything else. It will impact, it threatens your family, your friends, your ministry, your career. It impacts your legacy. We need to guard our hearts. Write this down. Your heart grows whatever you plant in it. Whatever you plant in it. If I plant seeds of offense and unforgiveness, it will germinate a harvest of hatred and bitterness. The law of seed time and harvest applies to whatever I put inside my heart. Where God says that Judah will plow your hearts. Even as we praise and worship God today, that has come to plow your heart so that the seed of love, the seed of forgiveness can be sown inside your hearts this morning. Amen. Interesting enough, if I took a dacha seed, uh, let me just clarify. I don't have a dacha seed. But if I took one and I planted that in the rose garden outside there, interestingly enough, that garden will not refuse me, even though it's on NBCFC church grounds. That soil will not say, sorry, we do not plant, we do not grow dacha seeds. Go somewhere else. This is church ground. That ground will happily receive the dacha seed. And so our hearts will grow whatever we plant with inside of it. We will see a harvest from whatever we put on the inside of our hearts. You need to understand these things like hatred and bitterness and offense and unforgiveness are like spiritual cholesterol. Like cholesterol blocks your veins, they block and constrict the flow of God's love, grace, power, and love. And when they constricted enough, when they blocked enough, what will happen? It will result in a heart being attacked. I know that we're doing color blocking today, but this is the only blocking in this house. What you're wearing. I believe there's an unblocking coming in Jesus' mighty name. That the life of God, that the grace of God, that the favor of God, that the power of God can flow once again. See, as dad said, sometimes we're able to control our pain. Sometimes we're able to restrict our pain. Sometimes we're able to put undercover our pain. Nobody needs to go, needs to know what pain I'm going through. This is between me and between me. But Jesus is here to heal and to set us free. The third reason, because your heart is under constant attack. You are living in a combat zone. The enemy does not only oppose God, but he opposes everything that is aligned with him. Everything that is made in the image of God, he opposes, he comes against. And the enemy is going to try a 3D attack. A 3D attack against you. Disappointment. Discouragement. And depression. He will try that against every person. Where you've been disappointed. Where you get discouraged. Where you just do not seem to be having the victory. And thirdly, where you get to a place of saying, now I'm depressed. Where you feel depressed by the enemy. 
We get to a place where I'm tempted by the devil to quit, to walk off the battlefield and to surrender. And I'm saying today, the only one that you need to surrender to is Jesus. I will not surrender to this difficult times that you might be going through, that I might be going through. You need to know today that I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. A quote, an unknown quote, unknown author, life has two rules. The first one says, never quit. The second one says, always remember rule one. And if we are going to succeed as, lead, as leaders, as believers, if we're going to survive in this life, we're going to have to have our hearts healed. We're going to have to guard our hearts with all that we have. I believe that some of you might have said today, Pastor, I've come through brokenness. I've come through hurts. I've come through pain. I've come through neglect. I've come through abuse. Everything has come against you to get to your heart. To break you down. Your heart is the, the power station from where you believe. And the enemy will try to come against the faith that you have. He's not interested in all that stuff. He's coming after faith because if he can get faith, he has victory. Today, there's a faith that you have inside of you. The Bible says that even if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and it shall not wait for any other word, but it shall obey you. I believe there's some mountains that are standing in your way. You're looking at that mountain to say when and how is it possible for me to get through. I believe that he is the one who says I will make a way where there seems to be no way. There's an obstacle that's standing in your way to move forward. Maybe it's a test that you still have to write. Maybe it's a test that you still have to pass. Pastor, I thought when I got saved that everything was going to be easy. I thought that I'm going to just float around. But I praise God that... Personally, I've gone through some things in my life. You've gone through some things in your life. But you know when you've come out on the other side, you've been a stronger man and a stronger woman. You have a tenacity. You have a courage. You have a boldness. When you went into that situation, man, it didn't make any sense for you. But when you came out the other side, you know my God is able to deliver him. As he has delivered me, he can deliver you. I have a testimony. The real sign of being healed of something that you've come through is when you can go to people and say, you know what, I've come through something. Even as you heard Arlene's powerful testimony this morning. But I want you to know that if I've gone through this, if there's people in this place that are suffering with cancer, you need to know that Jesus is the healer, that you I healed as well because of that word, because of the testimony. I want the band to stand ready. If you can just bow your heads and close your eyes. I believe that some of us are facing some heart disease in our lives where 
we're walking around with severe heart conditions. Not physical, I'm talking spiritual. And there's certain stages that you have gone through. You might be having a broken heart today. Those who were supposed to love you did not. They made harmful actions against you. They neglected you. They abused you. You're walking around with a broken heart. Brokenness. The Lord wants to use your brokenness today. He wants to place a new spirit with inside of you today. A new heart. A new heart. Smith Wigglesworth said something so powerful. He says, before God could bring me to this place, He has broken me a thousand times. Maybe you're facing brokenness. Maybe you're facing unresolved hurts and unresolved pains. Maybe you're walking around today with a limp. Not a physical limp, a spiritual limp. The second category of those who say, Pastor, I have a fearful heart. That brokenness has made room for fear to enter. You have been, you have been trained to, to avoid past pain. You take a detour. You need to understand that perfect love drives out fear. Where there's perfect love, fear has no place. Where there's fear, love has no place. The answer to fear is to love. You are no longer, and I'm saying this to you today, you are no longer a slave to fear. You might be here today, even as I spoke, you have an angry heart. The anger has come to defend your brokenness. You've tried to manage your anger. But how can you remove something that you've allowed to become a defense mechanism in your life? Maybe you're dealing with that angry heart. Everybody else has to face the brunt of your anger, your family, your wife, your husband, because of somebody else who has hurt you. You might be here today, you have a hopeless heart. Your faith has become weary. The promises of God seem so far away. Your breakthrough seems out of reach. You are in an exhaustion stage of your life. You might have a hard heart. Your heart has developed calluses around it. You've lost the ability to believe. You don't hear encouragement. You don't hear hope anymore. Your heart has become hard. My prayer for you today is may the Lord open the eyes of your heart once again. Nothing current, nothing new is growing inside of you. You have a word from yesteryear, no fresh revelation. You're living off yesterday's manner, which is stale. And I'm saying today, even if Abraham had gone upon the word he received two days ago, he would have killed his son, Isaac. But because he was open to revelation, he could see the Lord opened his eyes so he could see the ram that was caught. May the Lord open the eyes of your heart. And the last one I'm going to pray for, your heart has become numb. You have lost feeling. You've lost sensation. You've lost the ability to believe. 
You may be present in this room, but absent emotionally. You're at a place of, of numbness. You are on spiritual life support, even as I speak right now. Everybody, the Spirit of God is here. If you're saying, Pastor, I know that my heart needs to be healed. I'm not going to leave this place with this pain and with this hurt any longer. I want every person to stand right now. Just for the sake of how I'm going to instruct and how I'm going to lead, I just want every person to stand. We're going to sing and go into a time of just worship before our Lord. But if you're in this place today, I want you to lift up your hands to say one of these areas not for every person. If you say, my heart is clean, my heart is pure, that's, that's awesome. Praise God. Even as dad ministered last week, there was healing in this house. But if you're saying, honestly, I've, I had to look inside of my heart. My heart is under attack. There's some things that I need healing. Even as we sing right now, our God is an awesome God. I want you to lift up your hands, not as a sign to me, but as a sign to heaven that you need Him to heal you. Lift up your holy hands to Him and say, Lord, you are my help. My help comes from the Lord. For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email. All the details are on the back of the product pack.